listening to Rue the Galaxy podcast. Me hopes you have a good time. Boom, boom. Hey, Star Wars fans and Rule the Galaxy fans. It is Joe. And believe it or not, I'm giving this a try uh, without D-Doc here. We just started the live, the live stream. Let's see if this goes right. Hopefully you're seeing us on Twitter. You're seeing we don't us need on... no stinking D-Doc. No, we don't. We don't. Um... We should be on Twitter and YouTube, though, so check that out. Uh, it's going to be a fun show tonight. D-Doc, who, typical D-Doc, is going to be a little late tonight. You know, he just So can't. D-Doc. It is. I mean, I set my watch to D-Doc time. If I go visit him in Philadelphia, Brent, um, I'm going to plan everything like 15 or 20 minutes different, just so oh. I'll know I'll be on time with him. Oh, so if you know it's going to be a 9 o'clock show, yeah. you need to tell D-Doc it's an 8.30 show. 100%. And we're only saying that out of love. We love D-Doc. We just like to... Um, I, I think he's on East Coast time. He's just he's not, a, he's not a Midwesterner that understands time and reads clocks differently. He's on, he's on East Coast time. Uh, 100%. Those Philadelphia guys, they do things differently than us Midwesterners. So Michael Nip starting off the show with a yo. Hey, Michael Nip, nice to hear from you. Um, Thanks for last week, sir. You were a fantastic chat member and uh gave us some good questions to ask uh nika yes and speaking of yeah. actually we didn't go we i think we hit all the rigmarole to start but brent last week was so grand to bring on his asajj ventress i have the <laughs> six inch black series version of asajj right here that uh hey you never know maybe sometime we'll meet nika and we'll be able to say hey can you can you put your uh signature on these things here just make them a little bit more valuable and that way i don't have to say hey grandson uh you you get these maybe i can keep some of them in the box but while i was pulling out uh let's see what do i have here oh yeah while i was pulling out uh asajj i also was able to pull out uh, a little ahsoka right here in the black series and then a little captain rex in the black series so for our youtube followers you are getting a show here of some six inch black series figures but hey it is chapter just two. Just toy time. Just toy no, time. No, we're going to shut it down. No Alfie tonight. So I know. No, so there goes half a toy time. It goes half a toy time. So it's episode 245 of the Rule of the Galaxy podcast. We are really pumped because next week we're going to do some things a little differently and we're going to celebrate Star Wars Podcast Day. It'll be the 25th anniversary of Star Wars Podcast Day uh, next week. So that'll be What's cool. What's the anniversary so for it? The first podcast for Star Wars was in 1999 on February 7th, and it was Jedi Talk. That was the name of the first Star Wars podcast. So we will be um, we will be doing a little celebration with plenty of other Star Wars podcasts 
So we'll, we'll put some things together and have them all ready to go because you and I will be busy, my friend. Uh, we will not be able to do a show on Thursday night because uh, yeah. we'll be doing trivia that night. You and I, yeah. we run in trivia together. Um, but we've got lots of good things coming with the Rule of the Galaxy show. Uh, Brent, believe it or not, we've got one of our favorites. The following week, we'll be back with us, Mr. Mark Thompson, one of the best voices in the Star Wars universe. He'll be back with us. And then a few weeks after that, uh, we will have, as we get to our 250th episode, somebody who I think most Star Wars fans know, and he's just a really cool guy. And I got to meet him once briefly at a Star Wars celebration. Uh, he'll never remember because he meets probably 10,000 people at a Star Wars celebration every year. Uh, but Mr. Steve Sansweet from Rancho Obi-Wan. Oh, that's right. Rancho Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be, he'll be our guest on our 250th episode. Um, so we're excited about that. And then uh, I know that we're lining up Mr. John Jackson Miller to be a guest here before his new book comes out. I'm really yeah, excited April, to read that right? new book. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Hey, look who decided, Joe, look who decided to show up while you're running through our list of hosts. Well, wait a minute. It, well, as the show comes to a close, it's nice to see D-Doc come in and be a part of the Rule of the Galaxy podcast. All right, guys, my closing thoughts for the night. Uh, <laughs> well played. Uh, we just think you're on East Coast time, D-Doc. I think that's what I've, you just. Uh, you yeah, just... I pulled a T-Bob. I thought you guys were starting an hour behind me. <laughs> Uh, that's a throwback. Speaking of T Bob, speaking oh. of T Bob, I know you guys are going. You're going into like the lead off of who we're gonna have, which is a lineup, and it's it's awesome that we're having these guests on. But D Doc is now working for an independent like sports media organization, and he just put out a senior bowl promo. Oh, T Bob, that, yeah, yeah T Bob, yeah. that is unheard of. It, like, if you are a sports fan, I don't know. Search T Bob's Twitter. It was epic with the way that he talked about the meat market that is the Senior Bowl. <laughs> and that was pun intended as well. Yes. It was well played all the way around by T Bob. I'm look, I think one of my goals is uh to have T Bob, because of his love for The Last Jedi, I want to have T Bob on an episode coming up soon at the same time that we have. Steve Glosson. Mm -hmm. And I want to just sit back and us all do introductions and everything. And then we're going to say, Hey, T Bob, you know, Hey, Steve Glosson, let's talk about last Jedi. And let's just back up all of us just sit there and watch for an hour and a half. So where they just go back and forth. So here's the thing. While I do want to see that <laughs> they are both <laughs> such gentlemen that oh. they will not, they will not like, it won't be the it won't be the heavyweight slug fest that you will see. Mm. They will both tiptoe around it. I don't think you will mm. see the no the gloves come fully off. I think it would be a good intellectual battle, though. Like yes, it definitely would. They will get on a philosophical level for sure. Uh, and Alfie says only if Glosson uses the nature documentary uh, voice for the Amen, entire time. Bro. Yes, <laughs> I still laugh every time when I go back and listen to that old show when he did that. He cracks me up with that Attenborough voice. He does not care. He does not care for it. He doesn't think he's that good at it. I think it's fantastic. I had a coworker um, who didn't know much about our show and was just uh, I was because I played the uh, the Futterman's uh, the Nika Futterman some of the sound bites for her and she's a big Clone Wars. She's getting like listening to Clone Wars right now and she's like I think that sounds like her. I was like yeah because it is and I was just kind of joking <laughs> with her about right like and then. 
she was like, okay, so you talk about this podcast, where should I jump in? And I was like, look, we are like, a, we're a weekly podcast. We just like kind of talk about the news and everything of the week. So it's not like we're a serial where you have to like start listening at one time. And she's right. like, so, where, so I can just jump in anywhere. So yeah, if I would have known the number of that episode, I was like, you probably should go find this episode because that is probably one of my favorite memories that we have done in uh-huh. the three years that I've done this. I would agree that when he when he just pulled that out of nowhere and started going into it and we were talking about the the bantha and the the tauntaun and different things, I was cracking up. It's it's still one of my favorites. I think I think as we look into uh, Star Wars podcast day next week, I think that's one thing, Brent. Um, we should we should probably all go back and think about shows that were some of our favorites or guests that were some of our favorites and really talk about what what we've done on this show in four years um, because it, I mean, we've had some great guests. We've had some hilarious moments. So yeah, I think there's plenty to choose from there, but let's face it. Glosson out of our top 10 shows, Glosson's always on at least four of them. I mean, it's just constantly he's in top, he's in four of the top 10 at all times. Scott uh, Rifen's going to be upset about that, that he's not part of that. We're gonna create another Rifen. We're gonna create another Rifen Glosson rivalry right now. Good. <laughs> you know, um, it was really weird. You just did the Emperor voice right there, uh, D Doc. <laughs> and I tell you what, uh, I was really thinking about it. To think that I have spoken to the Emperor and Asaj Ventress, two of the most devious, you know, hardcore bad guys in Star Wars, and then we've had. Uh, Mark Thompson on with who does a great voice of of uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. I mean, it's it's just blows my mind to think that we've had the chance to do. Is that. he the first Thrawn? No. Is, is Mark Thompson the first appear like the first well, official sound of Thrawn? I. You know what? He might be because uh, Dennis Lawson read, I believe, the initial. Heir to the okay. Empire audiobook, but he didn't really do, he wasn't really a voice actor. He was just reading the books. Sure. Um, but I think, I think that the first was Rebels actually, before, was Rebels before uh, his Heir to the Empire uh, audiobook? No. Nope. Okay. Uh, so uh, Heir to the Empire came out in 1991 for the 20th anniversary. He did the voices of the 20th anniversary re release. And so that would have been in what, uh, 2011? And uh, Rebels didn't start till 2014. I got to, uh, I got to show you what little David brought back from school today from the library. It made me very proud. Oh wait, hold on, keep going. Never mind, I can't share it. I got to get permission to it or something. Okay. Well, first of all, yeah, Michael Nip, thank you for finding this because of uh, Steve Glosson and Scott Rifen, and thank you for staying around. We love having you on as part of the as part of the show. And hey, anybody who follows those two, they're they're definitely good listeners and good Star Wars fans. And while Brent's talking, we're going to add our special guest. But go ahead, Brent. I was just going to say, like, if he is uh, here for the Rifen and Glosson, or that's who like he how he found us, he must be part of the Georgia. <laughs> Star Wars Mafia that is the that is the Scott Scott Rifen and uh Steve Glosson. I believe I believe he is. I believe he is. Um hey, Mr. uh Mr. O'Kairo, are you there? 
Yeah, but I'm here. How you guys doing tonight? Doing well, doing well. Didn't mean to make you rush in. You you could have taken your time. I didn't want you to get in an accident. No, no, uh, I was really just driving five minutes down the street. I'm like, okay, let's see if I can make it on time. And then I got, I lost track of time talking to someone. I'm like, ah, I'm a nerf herder. I'm a nerf herder. Love it. Well played. Well played. Uh, well, you know, we usually go around and ask everybody how they're doing, what they're doing. D-Doc, real quick before we get back to Cairo, uh, did you get permission or can you play the stuff that your son brought home? Or well, I, no, it's, um, it's the, it's my computer. It's like got some privacy, um, okay. settings on, but I can show you on my phone here. He brought, uh, it's, it's one of those DK books. Oh yeah. Like, um, level three reading and it, it's called, uh, the story of Darth Vader. The book is freaking awesome, man. It starts off and tells Anakin's story straight through the prequels and the original trilogy. So I, I hate to tell him, though, because I read the last page and it said Darth Vader killed the Emperor. And I just don't want to tell him like, yeah, yeah, you, you don't know what's really going to happen. <laughs> don't just let him. OK, so let him experience it like everybody else did. Yes. Let him experience somehow Palpatine return and have the same <laughs> moment. <laughs> right? Okay, I'm with you, Okairo. For my own sanity, I just pretend that we never got any sequels to The Force Awakens and we just had the galaxy's <laughs> most frustrating blue ball cliffhanger. Ooh, and okay. that's blue milk cliffhanger. That's just where we end. Okay. I like it. Well, uh, it's so great to have you back on. It's been a little while. Thank you for being gracious enough to respond and hop back on here with us. Um, no, I'm sorry it took me this long. I actually have a lot of free time right now because since I'm not working on that show I was working on, I don't have any work to do until I think like uh, May. Now, it's, well, a good, it's a good reason you're not working, right? Like it's wrapped and it's in like you're no longer like. Oh, yeah, no, part. no. We, we, we Your wrapped. skills are no longer needed for that. Second, yeah, so. no, no, that show was, uh, that show, uh, I can just say it, it's House of the Dragon, that show wrapped last year. Okay. Yeah. I didn't want to say the name of it, but it's awesome that you were working on it. I don't know what, what role you had, but that's awesome that you got to do that. I know, it was real fun, it was real fun. I got to see a horse, lots of horses. Name a couple. <laughs> hey, that's awesome. I, I actually I just realized. I'm wearing a House of the Dragon shirt right now. Hey, oh Damien. man, just just happened to be wearing it tonight. You know, you know. For you the got... record, just in case you guys don't know, Matt Smith, one of the coolest guys you will ever meet. Like, if you have to worry about, oh, if an actor's actually humble, are they an egotistical? Nah, this guy is just one of the chose people you can ever meet. Dude, Ooh. that's cool to hear. Just a big geek. Well, that's now, is, good. He, is he a Star Wars like? I guess the other question now, since you kind of let it out, is anyone a Star Wars fan on set that like that See, surprised the, you? Or the funny thing is, actually, I don't know if you guys know this. Matt Smith was almost in Star Wars. Right? Yeah, yeah, he was no, Thrawn, he, right? Like, are they? He was a the, no, 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 he wasn't Thrawn. I mean, I can't say what he was. Just what's going to be? It was, okay, it was right. never pop. After the show, I can tell you guys, but no worries. Yeah, no, he was a. Uh, he was in the film and he made it to the first draft that JJ Ontario made. But I guess when they went to the film script, he just got cut. Wow. Still a big fan of Star Wars, so still hopes to be in it one day. Cool. Well, I, I will say we're then we'll just wait for him to play uh the young 
the young Palpatine in the uh, Plagueis movie when that comes out. I think that's a good. <laughs> I'm I'm already I'm already fired up now because it's like an actor of his caliber shouldn't be sitting there like, golly, I wish I could be in Star Wars. They should be like Matt Smith wants to be in Star Wars. Like he wasn't the only big actor down. actually. He wasn't the only big actor that got canned. Judy Dench was as well. Wow. Really, Dame yeah. Judy it, Dench. It's in the arp. It's actually in the arpic for the Rise of Skywalker. There was a subplot about Ray's backstory, as a, how she got to Jakku and all that stuff. When it was the film was supposed to be two parts, and Judy Dench was approached from it. You can even see concept art of Judy Dench in the film, but she got cut in the first draft as well. Hmm. Man, I have not. I have not dug deep enough into that. I should have known that. That's that's <laughs> terrible on my part. That's that's good news. That's good stuff, though. I had no idea. I knew about the Matt Smith stuff, but not the not the Judy Dench. Oh yeah, the Rise of Skywalker is like my white whale when it comes to how many drafts exist of that film. <laughs> I have a feeling there was plenty of them. Um, but uh, hey, uh, again, real quick, just so you'll know, Cairo, it's episode two hundred forty-five of Rule of the Galaxy. We're we're six, sixteen minutes in and. I haven't sung yet, so we're still good. We got plenty of time to get that in later. Um, but what besides that, what else has been going on with you? What in Star Wars is is pick, you know, kind of like sticking to your brain right now? Bad Batch, Asaz Ventress, uh, you know, Ahsoka. We haven't talked to you since Ahsoka. Anything <sighs> standing out to you where you're like, hey, this has got me pumped or excited or anything like that? I mean, two main. I mean, two main things have me pumped, and a couple things have my interest. But the two main things I'm looking forward to is Visions Volume Three and Andor Season Two. I I slept on Andor. I remember talking all this junk, saying, ah, "Who wants to see a show about the guy who died in 2016?" It's gonna be crap. <laughs> then I watch. I'm like, "Oh wow, this is some of the best Star Wars I've ever seen in my life." And Visions is just beautiful. I love Star Wars animation. It is one of the best things to ever exist when it comes to Star Wars. I think all the best stories basically are in animation these days. And it's consistent. Like, when we come to live action, we're always worried, okay, what's going to get deleted? What's going to get reshot? What director is going to be ushered out? Who is going to somehow return? <laughs> but when it comes to animation, it's mostly the same project from beginning to end. And I appreciate that consistency, especially in modern Hollywood these days. I agree. The animation is one of my favorite parts of Star Wars anymore. I mean, it, you're right. You just feel like you get a good quality product, um, and and you know there's going to be good artwork, uh, usually good storylines. So yeah. yeah, I've been a big fan of the animation side of all of it. And and Visions, while it's it's not my top of the animation, I I enjoy it because it's fun little stories. You don't have to worry about it. You just have to sit back and enjoy them. Right. And and just go with the flow with them. So, yeah, yeah. Just all there's no continuity to it. I don't need to worry about where this and that fits. I'm like, hey, maybe this will touch me. Maybe it won't. I Let's see where it goes. Agreed. Agreed. Are you, an anime, are you an anime fan, though, Okairo? Like, yes, I am. A, I am a dirty weeb. I am a dirty weeb if there ever <laughs> gotcha. was one. I love anime. I just okay. finished actually Jujutsu Kaisen season two recently. Okay. So you're in, so like that, so that helps that you're into that world because I will have to say that uh, I am, I, I was not, so they don't necessarily hold my attention the same way they got you. So, see, uh, it's funny. I didn't, I have probably the most hottest take when it comes to Star Wars fans right now. I am not a big fan of the TCW Clone Wars from 2008. I appreciate it, but I was always more of a fan of like the original one from 2003. 
So I you know. like the Gendry Tarnakovsky, like that two D kind of yeah, yeah, that, that more that. that more paper like more anime or the animation style. Well, yeah, not just that. I also like that. It, for me, I always I have a big hot take when it comes to Matt Lance's Anakin. It just felt more like Han Solo with the Force, whereas like I really appreciated Matt Lucas's more hated like performance that fit with the multimedia Clone Wars project. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I mean, look, it. You're right. I mean, there's, I've, I've even. It's goofy, uh, Okairo. I'll even find myself like going back and saying, "Hey, I want to throw on, uh, uh, for just old times' sake, throw on an old uh, droids or Ewoks on the on the Disney cha- Disney Dude. Plus because they're just silly and fun, <laughs> and you know, it's a, it's a throwback, right? You can sit there and go, "Hey, I don't have to worry about these," and and they bring back memories. It's just like the little the little bit in the holiday special where it's Han, Chewie, Boba Fett, all <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, we had a watch party for that on my Discord server during the holidays. That was the closest I ever came to uh, blowing my brains out. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bad. It's bad. Now, so are the Ewoks and the droids cartoons. They're I didn't say bad. they were good. I didn't I've think actually never seen those. That's, oh my I think that's God. the old Star Wars media I've never seen. Save yourself. Save yourself. Uh, yeah, it's it's. be prepared. I, I would say it's go an acquired it. taste. It is. It and is. it takes but, a long time to acquire that taste, like say <laughs> 1985 when they were made. Uh, I'm a little young yeah. for that. Oh, yeah. Y- yeah. You know what's funny is when we just had Nika Futterman on last week, um, I was I was watching an interview of hers and I'm like, I realized something. I've never watched the animated Clone Wars movie that came out. I've never what? watched that in 2008. Oh, you never wow. saw. Never, you never saw the Hutt's little baby that they were trying yeah, to bring stinky, back. Stinky. I watched the, the Clone Wars show, but I never watched the freaking movie. I don't know wow. how. It just. I was talking to my buddy who's a big Star Wars fan last night, and I was telling him, "I'm like, dude, I just realized last week that I've never watched the Clone Wars movie." I think he was actually mad at me. He was like, I'm, "He should not be mad at you." Like, <laughs> no, like I'm sorry. I, I I know Clone Wars is like the I know Clone Wars has become the go-to thing to post yes. on like Star Wars Twitter for yes, Cloud, but that is just, that is an awful movie. That is an awful <laughs> movie. I'm sorry, the CGI is bad. Like the only good thing about it is like Ahsoka and Anakin's relationship. The rest is like, oh, oh, I wonder if they'd ever give this guy a movie again. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? In my opinion, it, it Star Wars is like pizza. It, it might not all be great pizza, but it's still pizza. I like and, pineapple and, and, on pizza, just uh, to be more of a contrarian. I, look, man, I'm with you. See, like, I'm a pineapple on pizza guy also. Kyra. Hey, I like this guy. He can yeah, come to the cookout. I mean, Happy Black <laughs> History Month. He's invited. <laughs> it's, there's something about... I really liked grilled pineapple. I knew we're getting into a pineapple conversation. But that okay. grilled pineapple, it's got, like, the heat on the outside, like, the crispy... And then when you bite into it, it's got the juiciness. The, mm-hmm. So good, yeah. and then it makes it cheese and the sauce i did i'm telling me because i'm at the end of a three-day water fast and i'm just like (laughs) dude uh, keep like keep fruit off of the grill in my opinion keep it away from heated things (sighs) like dude anytime there's 
an apple anywhere near meat. I can't deal with that, dude. I mm. don't mess with fruit. I, I like I'll see a salad and it'll be like, you know, like all these fruits. I, I just don't mess with it, dude. I'll eat the fruits individually at a cold temperature or maybe room temperature. But like when it comes to pizza, whatever, like I, I just don't mess with it. I'm sorry. Same with me. Same with me, but that's okay. To each their own. Just like we say, there's a different entry point for Star Wars for everybody. <laughs> there's right. a different thing with fruit and with pizza for everybody. So, um, at, real quick, I want to throw this out there because you mentioned Nika Futterman. I was doing some some reading up on the whole Asajj thing because people were freaking out, and so many people so like don't even returned. <laughs> yes, but so many people are like. <laughs> Who is this or how did she come back? Whatever, you know, because there's people who've just watched the movies who are now getting into things that they're seeing on Disney Plus and they're like, wait, where'd she come from? But I was reading up and there was actually a story that said uh, they were really, the Filoni and others were really thinking about bringing Asajj Ventress back in during the Resistance cartoon that happened around the time of the sequel trilogy. But yeah. instead, they replaced her with the Mika Gray character the older force sensitive character that they put into the show there so i thought that was really interesting that they had plans to possibly have her in that that series right there that show had so much potential yeah i mean i'm kind of happy they didn't put her in there just because you certain characters you put in certain stories you kind of can't unlock them where Mm -hmm. Now that you've put them there, you have to worry about their trajectory for the rest of continuity, what they were doing, where they were. And also, no, she is washing Kylo Ren. You put her anywhere <laughs> near Kylo, he is a dead man. There's yeah, no they, world Ventress can lose to Kylo. They they actually had a duel planned if they would have kept that series going between Kylo Ren and Asajj Ventress, believe it or not. It would have been sad to watch because I, I would be cheering. I would be like, yeah, yeah go grandma. But like, <laughs> she gave the chosen one a run for his money sometimes. Mm -hmm. And Kylo struggled against those spinning lobsters. And <laughs> it's, it's just not a comparison. It's Ventress. <laughs> I well, love that the lobsters because mm -hmm. that yes, uh, but you know one of the, the last things we asked her last week or discussed with her was how cool by the end it got by the end of the time she was in the Clone Wars, her and Ahsoka had really taken over as super key, you know, like key figures, right? And like when and when Ahsoka was walking off in the end of season five, Asajj played such a big role in that. But there, there's talk. There's talk that perhaps Ahsoka and Asajj could reunite in future Star Wars products. So Ooh. we got it from the we got it from the woman herself that this is just the appetizer. Huh. There, I mean, I yeah. interrupted her as she was trying to tell it, but which <laughs> makes me feel like a jerk. So I apologize <laughs> to fans and Nika Futterman, but uh, uh, yeah, like she told us that there might be more. To the to the Ventress story, but we all started getting nervous because no, we yeah. didn't want to, we didn't want to be the ones like we want to be known, but we wouldn't don't want to be known for getting someone fired. Yeah, we weren't <laughs> trying to trick her into saying something that she wasn't allowed to say, you know, and like she had to sit there for a minute to think about it. Because what was the question you had asked her, Joe? Again, like I, it was just it was, it, it was I, Brent talking about the voice coming back, and she yeah. said, "Oh yeah, I was blown away that I got the opportunity." And, and we all sat there going, "Oh crap!" And that's where she said, "Just let's just say it's an appetizer, and there might be an entree and a dessert." And we were like, 
Okay. We, we, need, we need to stop for a minute. I'm going to guess, given Dave likes picking from Legends, they're probably going to have her fake her death like she did in Legends because she's killed in Legends in quotations, but mm -hmm. she fakes it. And I'm, I kind of get it. I, well, I'm not actually a big fan of uh, Dark Disciple, so that I'm kind mm -hmm. of picking apart that I'm not as hurt as other people. But I also put into perspective, like, Rebels, a lot of the books, they were made because no one knew if Clone Wars was ever going to come back. No one knew we'd ever see these characters again. So they're like, hey, we got to end these stories. We just can't leave them hanging. But now they want them back. So, okay, I can I get that. Wanting to bring back characters that you initially thought weren't going to have a story, and now they can have a story. Right. Well, I, you know, I, I think Filoni and Favreau and all those guys are doing exactly what George would have done, which is, hey, the books are canon until I think I need to change them up a little bit to serve my story on TV or in movies. And and I love Dark Disciple. It's probably it well, it's one of my top two. It is my top ranked. Uh, Disney era book. I really enjoy that book, but if they have to fudge that ending a little bit, uh, I'm okay with it if it brings back good stories. So, and Alfie was sitting here saying the first strong voice was probably Triss King in the 1994 LucasArts Tie Fighter game. There you go, Alfie, bringing it, bringing it from the uh, the top, the the from top the of the uh, yeah. So we oh, appreciate that. And also, uh, Okairo. Alfie can't be here for whatever reason, but his daughter was really upset that he got that he was she was going to miss you because she really likes the guy with the black screen uh, and the blank screen. <laughs> so she just wanted to say hello and say, "Oh yeah, he's the one that has the blank screen." <laughs> yes, I inherited the blank screen from my father. <laughs> uh, it's genetic. Yeah, uh, I don't think that. No, doing doing. The only characters Dave has personally killed off, I would say, is Kanan. And you kind of have to kill That's him off because he's, he's canon locked. You can't have a Jedi yeah. running around the original trilogy. They all have to somehow disappear between that time period. I, um, I agree. Okay. Maybe yeah. Tech Maybe Tech will be the first one that he officially killed nah, off. Nah, he's back. He's that one looking stone trooper. <laughs> we all know it. Dude, he better oh. he better not he better not be back in my opinion okay. because I, I that death hurt. made me too emotional, and I, I don't want I don't want to be tricked into emotions. Just let it be. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't want to see Chewie die, and then two minutes. I don't want to see Chewie's transport get blown up, and then two minutes later see him come off the shuttle. Oh yeah, uh, gosh, yeah. I've seen that somewhere before. No. Yeah, yeah, they didn't want. To, I think they didn't want to include the torture scene. That's why. So, like, okay, let's just figure out a way to stitch this together. I have his figure sitting here, and I remember looking at it and just being like, "R.I.P. My boy, you're you're done." Like, you know, he's standing up there next to a uh, wrecker, and and now they're probably just going to bring him back. I'm going to be mad when they bring him back. <laughs> Wreckers and Wreckers still got his headache. Hey, Matuine, you're right. Now Chopper, he's killed thousands. You're right. Chopper's a devious <laughs> little dude. He's he's constantly doing something to get in trouble there, but yeah, let's see who he kills off in the next uh, season of Ahsoka. They got to have Chopper kill somebody off in that in that uh, in that show. See, that um, was the problem with season one. Chopper didn't kill enough things. <laughs> um, hey, Okaro, you're gonna like this story because you don't have to worry about it. You're not here in Indianapolis like Brent and I and D Doc. This isn't gonna affect you, but I think I think it'd be fun if you bring up your story from this week, D Doc, here in a minute. 
Um, but found this in the news here in Indianapolis. Um, Indianapolis man steals Star Wars Legos from Target to resell in parking lots and is arrested. And he has um, Princess Leia helmets, 501st clone sets, three, 332nd Ahsoka clone sets. Um, he had over $500 worth of Star Wars Legos that he stole from a Target here in town to resell at a parking lot at another Target, uh, and police caught him. So I thought I really found it wild to get a Star Wars related and a Star Wars Lego related story based here in Indianapolis. I thought that Dude, was fun. That's like selling crack in the police station parking lot. Like you're gonna steal from one Target and go go park up in another one and sell it. Like, I really wish he resisted a reset. I really wish he resisted arrest with a lightsaber. That would have just made everything perfect. <laughs> This week on Cops, watch this Jedi fight with... <laughs> just, you just see on the 5 o'clock news someone doing the Anakin spin as they chop a fucking cop. Oh, shit. That's <laughs> hilarious. That would be a great Reno 911 episode, right? Yes. There. Oh, Let's I miss that show. I, I used to love it watching it as a kid. It was great. That show was awesome, man. That's crazy. Man, Michael Nip brought up how he was traumatized that the Razor Crest was murdered. Uh, Matt Green, R.I.P. Razor Crest. Oh, I forgot about that. I missed the Razor Good Crest point. so much. It was such a cool ship. And I'm like, uh, that boost. I mean, it was right after they sold it. Right after oh, yeah. they started the Haslab. Actually, I think <laughs> yeah, it was like a week after. <laughs> I mean, it was like almost, almost immediately after they started the Haslab campaign for it. Oh man, oh, that's that funny. <laughs> that's some weird marketing right there. Hey, buy this crap we want you to buy. By the way, we just destroyed it, so don't worry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, crazy stuff right there. Um, did you guys see the, the the most recent articles? As Daisy's out doing her uh, her escapade, doing interviews everywhere, one of her lines that she got from J.J. Abrams when he when she was getting into this, he said, "It's not just Ray is not just going to be a movie role." To, to a lot of people, this is a religion. Anybody, and and I mean, race. I agree. I mean, it's, and look at us. How many people do podcasts based off of just some random movie out there? And here we are. There's thousands of. Oh, Joe froze for a second. Up, sorry about that. Um, and, and okay. And, and so she, she's, she's forever going to be known that as that. Right. She's right. So I mean, it's just crazy to think about right. it. He's right. There are YouTubers, podcasts. There is a literal thing called Star Wars Celebration where people pay up to thousands of dollars to squeeze together in a cramped room to look at trailers for this one franchise. Right. It is a religion. And if we're going by what Liam Neeson says, sometimes it's a cult. But you know what? <laughs> They're both right. <laughs> Agreed. I agree. Yeah, she, she did. She it's developed not a just, in the stomach. Go ahead. It's not just a religion for some people. This, the U.S. government <clears throat> has approved Jedi as an official religion for the military. So if you are in the military, you can claim that you are Jedi and they will put it on your dog tags. Okay, I'm still young enough to join the Marines. I guess I'm going to watch <laughs> Dude, I'll take a guy who says so when he's you a say Jedi. Not, you know he's probably going to do some religion for people. He's going to do some wild shit out there if he says he's <laughs> a Jedi. 
Maybe that's what our military needs. Needs some Jedi. Heck, could, they could probably use some Sith, actually, as well. A little oh. bit of both. I, I will say, though, that article that came out this week, we were discussing it in our group text, and people were just... Uh, the, the person who wrote that article absolutely was, like, putting crosshairs on J.J. Abrams, like, look at what you did to this girl, like, in my opinion. And just At least from just reading that, yeah. where it's not like... It's not like um, it's a it's a mystery that Star Wars is huge. So like they're they're putting this blame on, you know, J.J. Abrams that, you know, Daisy Ridley had these health issues and everything like that, where it's like, I, I don't know. I just think I don't think it's J.J.'s fault for that. He's a director. Like he's no. telling his star this is a big deal. Like, let's go. Like even besides that, that's a I hated that interviewer because. There is a trend between a lot of journalists because they're not fans of JJ. There's there's a little there's a little secret war behind like journalists. Oh, I'm pro Ryan. I'm pro JJ. But for one, Daisy loves Daisy loves JJ. You can literally look up interviews of her saying when she found out he was coming back for episode nine, she cried tears of joy because her and John missed him that much. But he just told her the truth. Hey, this is a big deal. This was religion, and yeah, he was right. He didn't tell her any lies. And two, Daisy just was being truthful that she had anxiety about doing the sequel trilogy. Sure. She had anxiety in seven. She had a lot of anxiety in eight. She had uh, anxiety about doing nine. These are the biggest films in the world with Disney, of all people, watching you the entire time, scrutinizing every single little micro expression you do. It's nerve wracking. And then you have the fandom. They drove her crazy. It's tough. I look, we we talked about this plenty of times and <clears throat> we as fans, it's like being a fan of a sports team as fans of a movie, you know, like Star Wars, as fans of a team you cheer for. Negative thoughts are going to come into our heads. We are going to nitpick. We are going to scrutinize. That's that's who we are as human beings. I'm I'm not a big believer in some of the things that people did say or do. Look, I think it's it's wrong. These are real people, and and because of the life I lead and the connections I have through my son and other people, where I know these people, you know, these athletes who are out there busting their tail all day every day, you know, when they lose, it hits them just as hard, right? They have families at home to go to. Actors are the same way. They're they're. They're actors. They're not that person you're watching on the screen. That's just a portrayal. So, you know, I might joke and tease about the the character of Rose Tico, but do you think I have any ill will towards the, the young lady who played her her role? Absolutely not. She was doing a job. Um, you know, think of all the people back in the prequel era who just destroyed either Jar Jar or destroyed Hayden Christensen, you know, and all that these are humans and, and we know all the troubles they've all faced. Jake Lloyd, look at all the troubles he's faced. I don't think anybody should be put on that kind of a situation to where they have to face that scrutiny. You know, if these people are such great keyboard, you know, wizards and they can have, you know, steroid it up and go after these people on the internet, I'd like to see them try because it, all these things these people are doing are not easy. You know, I mean, yes, they get some great benefits, but what they do is not easy and it's acting or it's performing. It's it's not who they really are. So it's it's crazy. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, to me, there's like an ocean of difference between, hey, I didn't like the way this piece of media was handled by the multi-billion dollar company versus, 
hey, 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 you actor, you who is contractually obligated by law to say these lines, I blame you for that. No, you're right. you're sick in the head if you blame an actor for doing a job they literally have no other choice to do. If you got a criticism, sure, take it up with the producers, take it up with the studio. They're the ones at the end of the day that see the final cuts that say do this say do that this is not like it's a little indie art film that daisy was funding out of her own pocket no this is a multi-billion dollar franchise funded by a multi-billion dollar company you you get the lines you get you do your best and you hope for yep. the best. that's all you can do agreed agreed um hey let's bring some let's bring some more fun into this since we've gone into the the nitty-gritty of the internet where everybody wants to destroy everybody um so we got this new daisy movie that's in the works and planning and everything like that does anybody have any kind of direction that you're hoping it goes or any characters you hope are back or anything like that bring back uh, palpatine for the third time <laughs> first line the dead speak dot 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 again the first order reigns supreme the republic has fallen again <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! I mean, oh, I, yeah, I know the I'm answer. Gonna come through the, I'm gonna come through the internet. And, if it's oh, a, if it's possible, I will come through the internet. At you. Listen, <laughs> Kylo knows how to force Skype. We'll, we'll figure it out. But are, are you talking like? Are you asking he knows like force Skype? Are you asking like in an ideal scenario? For yeah, like, yeah. Well, like if you an ideal or like what's going to what do I think is going to happen given everything? Either or. I'm I'm open for whatever. I mean, look, I just want a good story. I I didn't have any problem with with the Ray character. I didn't have any problem with Daisy Ridley. I I hope that they can take that character to the next level and and hopefully maybe be that that shining light that's going to lead into another new direction for Star Wars. That's great. But I, I don't have any idea where it's going to go. If it's going to be the new Jedi order series that Luke was in, you know, that 25 book series and the Yuzong Vong are going to show up out of nowhere and, and, you know, attack. I mean, I have no idea, but what would be some of the things you would like to see? And what are some things you think you're going to see? Uh, I mean, According to Lucasfilm, it's set 15 years in the future Correct. after the rise of mm -hmm. Skywalker. So it's been a little bit. Ray, logically at this point, has to be a Jedi Master, at least has to have a couple dozen students. I mean, it's been a decade plus. She had to have been doing something. Uh, ideally, I, it's probably never going to happen, but ideally I'd like to see Finn back. I'd love to see John Boyega back. I'd love to see Kelly Marie Trans Rose back. I'd love, love to see Naomi Aki's Janna and Oscar Isaac's Poe. I don't know if any of those actors will come back, but I'd like to see them back. I'd like to see Ray struggle as a teacher, as a Jedi, and as the last Skywalker, because I don't think the galaxy is going to be too keen on Jedi or Skywalkers, because you guys kind of caused the last two genocides and galactic wars. So I don't really think, <laughs> I don't see many people lining up saying, oh, we're so happy to have another generation of Jedi and Skywalkers. Are you going to lose your temper and kill everyone like everyone else in your family does when they have a bad day? <laughs> I think a lot of people are actually going to be cautious of trusting Jedi because either they destroy the galaxy or they leave the galaxy to burn or they they have to fix one of their family members' problems. So it's going to be like, yeah, we're not really sure how much power to give you. Because every time we give you guys power, you burn something down. 
And yeah. also, I'm just excited to see Daisy Ridley. She's older now. She's in her. She's going to be in her mid thirties probably by the time they start filming. What is she going to bring to Ray? Because they kept trying to. They since they didn't have any time skips in the sequels, they always played Ray as like the 19 year old and slash 20 year old young girl. What are you going to be doing now with a a woman, a grown woman, not even a young woman, a grown woman? How is she going to betray that character? What is going to be the trial she's going to suffer from? Because Mm -hmm. it's that weird, awkward amount of time where, like, she can't be inexperienced anymore, but she's not going to be, like, an elder. So what what is she going to be like as a character? Is she already going to have a family? Do Ken Jedi's have family now? These are the questions that probably would have been answered in that 15-year time gap. gap. We might have a kid. For all we know, Ray comes out with a little Ray. Yeah, I mean... Crazy things could happen. I think Michael Nipp's got a good point. Not only should Chewie come back, because let's face it, Wookiees live for a long time, mm-hmm. but that making me think about that, <clears throat> we didn't see little baby Grogu in the sequels, but uh, that guy could be, you know, at a nice, good age. Yet. <laughs> he didn't exist yet. He, he, he wasn't. He wasn't created. He hadn't created him. Yeah. <laughs> But no, but he should actually be an adult, though, because Yoda was 100 years old when he became a Jedi Master, and Grogu mm-hmm. is 50 now, and if we're just doing the math, 50 plus, like, let's say 25 right. years between the Mandoverse and the sequel trilogy, that's 75, 15 years for the new Jedi Order film. He's 90 now. He yep. should at least be a Jedi Knight close to being a Master. See? The math works. Well, I just the math works. Know- I just want to know if she's going to grant herself the role, the rank of Jedi Master, or is she going to be able to sit on the council without the rank of Jedi Master? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, she's 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 thirty five now in universe, fifteen years. If she still doesn't have the rank of Master after fifteen years, like, <laughs> wow! Even Anakin is like, damn! I thought thirteen years was a long time. You're still you're still a knight at fifteen oh. years later. She's well, the only and, one on the council, though, right? Like, so right. she's going to grant it to herself. That's that's kind of what I was getting at. Like, I was trying to I, play it. I, know, I, I hope she's not the only one on the council. It's been 15 years. Where is... Yeah, True. That's the other thing, too. They have to decide, actually. They've been playing fast and loose with all this. Like, these stories set after the original trilogy, before the sequel trilogy, and mm-hmm. sometimes in between it. But they actually have to make some definitive choices. Hey, what happened to Ezra? Is he alive? Because he's not that old. He's only going to be 70-something. Uh, what's Jason Sindula? Sindula. Yep. Did Ezra have any kids? I mean, he's been looking at Sabine since he was like 14. So, like, <laughs> yeah, I have a question she's for you. With the Dar- she's with Darth Moore witches. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a question for you, Kyra. Are you, are you surprised that they're going back to sequel trilogy already at this point and continuing that storyline for how controversial it was among fans? Like, are you surprised oh, no, by that? No, absolutely not. Actually, unlike the Star Wars trivia guy when it comes to production, they've been planning to do this since before the sequels ended. Originally, Ryan Johnson's trilogy was going to be set mm-hmm. out to the sequels. And then you had uh, Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron. That was going to be set after the sequels. Ray was going to have a small role in that. And then Damon Lindelof's film. That was supposed to be set after the sequels. So they've been trying to make this. They've been trying to get this off the ground since 2019. They've always wanted Jeez. to continue these stories. I'm That's just happy we brought back Daisy because uh, originally Damon Lindelof was going to have uh, Helen Mirinoff as the lead. Yes. That was going to be Ray, an older elder Ray. Yep. I remember hearing that. I like Michael Nip keeps bringing some great topics. Broom Boy is going to be a Jedi, by, a Jedi Knight by then. Love it. Nice call. 
Broom Boy's got to turn into something, man. Yeah, uh, he's got to turn into something. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he'd be like in his twenties by then. He'd be in yeah. his twenties. Yeah. Okay, he... so this so this leads me to a question. Because you are force sensitive, do you have to be a Jedi? No, there's so many people who are not Jedi who are force sensitive. Mm-hmm. Lots of them actually. Some of them are just independent factions. Some of them just ah, oh, nah, I didn't want to do that. I like sleeping in bed with my wife and doing adult things. <laughs> I'm just because Broom Boy, I mean, that's to me, that's all that's showing is that there are more force sensitive people in the world than what we thought. Yeah. That's the takeaway that I took from Broom Boy. Um, the fact that he doesn't show I, up again doesn't doesn't affect that that takeaway either. The fact that he doesn't show up just in a way strengthens the idea that there are more force sensitives out there than just the ones that we've been focusing on. Well, I think you can look at also they're they're already putting that into the storylines again. Is Sabine force sensitive or not? Right. Um, in Kenobi, they were showing young force sensitives that they were getting off the planet. So they're saying Broom Boy, obviously. In a lot of the old EU, when Luke was rebuilding the Jedi Temple and all that, and let's face it, after Return of the Jedi, he had to have found, found more force sensitives to create the Jedi Temple that Kylo slash uh, Ben destroyed. So I think you're always going to see, I think you're always going to see force sensitives that they can find here or there. Go ahead, Okairo. Oh, no, I just, I, I got reminded that Luke's Jedi Academy is gone and I just died a little inside. I'm okay. But I, I actually hope that Ray just, I hope, since this is like in dire need, like, you know, when a culture almost faces genocide, when that culture survives, they just start mass repopulating everything. So I would like to think that after the sequel trilogy, Ray said, okay, we tried the prequel trilogy rules twice. We did it with the prequels. We did it with Luke. Screw the rules. Uh, don't care how old you are. You can have your families. You can have your girlfriends, boyfriends. You can, you can have your polygamy relationships, whatever. We need as many Jedi as we can because I, I, I am one woman. I am only 20. I cannot protect this entire galaxy. Right. We had to call everyone just to be Palpatine somehow returning. So I would like to imagine she just it doesn't matter what age you are. She just young, old, everyone is a Jedi. You just see students of all ages. You see a student who could be like 16. Mm-hmm. You can see a student who's 40. It would literally be like a karate class at your community Love center. It. Like people of all ages are trying to learn this thing. Mm-hmm. Personal headcanon is Finn became a Jedi too. We just don't see him in the movie. But that's it. She just recruited mass amounts of people because you're going to need that. Especially the guys. Yeah, I remember, guys. The New Republic is gone. The First right. Order is gone. The Resistance is like 12 people. What do you think happens in any in any There's a power political, vacuum. Yeah, any political power vacuum. You're going to have anarchy for years. You're going to have independent worlds, independent factions, gangsters, yep. criminals, Remnants of the Empire, remnants of the Separatists. You, the Mandalorians, won't even know what they're up to. You have so many different factions that are going to be vying for power for years upon years upon years. It's not going to be something overnight. Because the two biggest powers that have been going on since before the prequel trilogy, they're gone. Mm-hmm. The Republic is officially gone. The First Order is officially gone, which was just basically a remnant of the Empire, which was a remnant of the Republic. Mm-hmm. That's it. The government said the government that has been in the Star Wars universe since the High Republic is gone as of the end of the sequel trilogy. 
And maybe maybe they're going to just do independent planets running themselves and not be a universal, <clears throat> you know, government. It seems like every time they do that, everything just goes to crap, right? I, I mean, I like to imagine they do what they did in Legends, like make a galactic federation, because like the Republic wasn't great even without the Sith. They had a lot of flaws. Like there was still slavery. Yeah, right. yeah, the Republic's great. My mom is a slave. Don't worry about that, Anakin. Here's a lightsaber. <laughs> hey, we have got some great chat going on in here. Uh, Travis Mitchell had brought up that uh, they were looking to have DJ actually play the Jude Law role and take kids from The Last Jedi to make the skeleton crew, but that got dropped before they went this other direction with it. And then they said that Broom Boy's, Broom Boy's hilt would be wooden, because it was from a broom and then Travis or Michael, I'm sorry, dang it. Travis Mitchell comes back and says it, it, a staff with a lightsaber with bristles could actually be cool. Uh, yeah, so you but... could have the broom on one end and the lightsaber out the other. I think that's yeah. great. Uh, It'll cut your flesh into like very thin slices, but then you'll be okay afterwards <laughs> in modern time. Mm, shredded cheese flesh. <laughs> so, so we're going Fantasia then, right? We're talking about yes, a Fantasia. Yeah. Alfie, like why did you say that? You just gave me PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> no more resurrected characters. I tell you what. the last one. Ventures is the last one, unless they bring back Luke. If they bring back Luke's, if somehow, some way, they say, ah, Luke's, Luke's in the new Jedi Order movie, he's alive. You're like, I'm like that's bullshit. That doesn't make any sense. I'm going to accept it, though. <laughs> <laughs> it don't make no sense, but you know what? I'm taking it. I'm taking it. I'm running with it. Oh, my gosh. One thing I do want to say, too, on this topic is, you know, on the topic of Daisy Ridley, she does seem to have a bit more of a swagger to her now where I think she kind of has like a I you know what? I don't give a shit attitude where I think she will do that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Twelve will do that. I think experience, though, too, like like she didn't know she didn't know what she didn't know. Then she went through six years of being put through the limelight and the the ups and downs, right? Like, I mean, there's the press tour and everybody loved it and she was loving it. And then the supreme hate that they received. And mm -hmm. like, so she's been through it. So now it's like, okay, I know what to expect at least. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's, it's just like any of us. It's like, I've, there, there's plumbing jobs that I've done for people that I did when I first started, when I'm like, you know, maybe I was doing it for like two years or whatever stuff at my parents' house. Well, I'll go back there and I'll look at it and be like, holy crap, how is your house not flooded right now? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, even, even there's even stuff that I maybe did five years ago yeah. that I've, that I'm so much better at doing now. So, I mean, that's just what we do as people, like whatever, mm -hmm. whatever you find where you're like, this is what I'm doing. You, you find ways to constantly improve and get better at it where, you know, five years ago, I might have been uncomfortable doing a bathroom renovation for someone. Now I don't care at all. And she, she maybe she's at that point with her acting now, which is like something I'm kind of excited about as we're talking about this. It's kind of I I, I don't know. I I, I I don't know what it's going to be, but my ass will be in the theaters. So, well, yeah, she was young when she got <laughs> cast. Like, you gotta remember. Daisy was the most inexperienced actor yes. of all the, the leads. She yes. had, before yeah. she was in that film, she was only in like in a couple low-budget shorts. And then she went from that to, okay, now you're in the biggest film franchise on the planet. Where oh yeah, take it like a religion. People take it like a religion, or Liam Neeson, some people take it like a cult. And then you have, 
Disney, which love or hate them, you have Disney's like, okay, Daisy, uh, JJ's going to do the whole trilogy. Actually, no, we're going to have Ryan come in. Actually, no, Colin's going to end. Actually, JJ's going to come in. Okay, JJ, uh, we need you to rewrite that script 16,000 times. Daisy, can you memorize all these <laughs> lines by like morning? Okay, never mind. We need to film now. Like, she dealt with all that. She wasn't even 30. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Not even 30, she did all that. And I'm pretty sure if she's. She said when she was done with the sequel trilogy, that was just one of her. She's like, yeah, when I come back, I want them to have a plan. You know, in her contract, she's like, okay, before I walk on set, script approval. Mm -hmm. uh, the scripts stay the same. I don't want to sign up for one project, and I'm doing an entirely different project. And, of course, you're compensating me for my time. I have to deal with these guys again. I love them, but some of them are some of them scare me. So you're compensating me. Well, I'm, proud, I'm proud of her, personally. Get that I back, dude. Like Alfie said, you know, he's got a daughter who's five and she worships the ground Ray walks on. And so I think there are plenty of people who accepted the Ray character, who accepted Daisy Ridley in what she did. We have people who have crushes on her like Jack Harvey. So, I mean, there's going to be plenty of people that will put their butts in the seats and go see a Ray movie. I just hope they they do take this time to put a well thought together, thought, you know, well thought out movie put together before they just throw it up on the screen. To go back to your original question, Joe, Okairo kind of got us down this rabbit hole, which is fine. Like it's been a good <laughs> rabbit hole. I'm not trying to bash it, but to go back to your question, what I would like to see from this movie is just like, I, I want to echo what Okairo said. I would love to see the sequel trilogy, big three come back in some way yeah. or, or like, so uh, Oscar Isaac and Boyega and Ray in some way. Like, I'd like to see where they're at because one of the things, and I don't know if it's because I feel like I bully them in, but like when I talk to people, I think everybody likes the idea of those characters. And it was the, the characters didn't bother them. There's a lot mm -hmm. of other things that bothered them, but they, that, there was a lot of potential with those characters that they feel like they missed. And I feel like this could be a way to build on some of that potential. But I would love to see that those principles come back. And Michael yeah, Nip, no, Michael Nip is correct. We, we need a villain towards that. Empire, First Order, Je uh, you know, Republic, any, you know, all those. We need to have an alien type. Um, you just want villain. to use Song Kong. So you can I say, do. you Pong Bong? Like I do, like do have the Grist, actually. Uh, the Grist, they're, they're based off, they're not based just off the Vong, but they're basically a canon version of the Vong. They're in the mm -hmm. Thrawn books, and Thrawn talks about them in all his books. Like, yeah, they're going to pretty much destroy the galaxy if anything ever happens to the Empire. And I'm guessing since the Empire is gone, now the First Order is gone, and I guess then there wasn't a big galactic war with the Gris before the sequel. So you have them right there to appear, and the galaxy is very, very weak. Perfect and, time for the Gris to come in. And we've and now we've opened up the new other galaxy with the Ahsoka series. So there, there are avenues back and forth between there. To where we can get things from other galaxies to come in and battle with with the Star Wars universe. So, hey, what about, um, what about the space pirates from the Bandoverse that are going to be part of the skeleton crew? <sighs> what was his name? Broccoli the Hut. Like uh... every day, I wish for death. <laughs> it was Algae the Hut. Oh, yeah. Algae the Hut. Sorry, I thought yeah. it looked more like Broccoli the Hut. <laughs> yeah, and that and that dude turned out to be freaking irrelevant, man. Like he just, you know, flew a ship over the wrong city and freaking just crashed and died. That yeah, that, but, that's but a one bad of his boys one. got like just like just like Vader in Episode Four. Somebody kicked the wing of one of his boys and sent him tumbling out into outer space. 
he's going to be the one hunting down the skeleton crew. Yeah. I, I really hope skeleton crew is like the origins of Luke's Academy. Like Jude Law is just collecting these kids. So I hope he's playing like a young Lord Sentek who is like bringing the kids to Luke's Academy. I don't care if there's some canon book that says, oh, Lord Sentek and Luke. Oh, shut up. I don't care. Make him Lord Sentek. Make him <laughs> just kid. A Luke Skywalker Jedi Academy show would sell. Everyone would want to see a young Luke. You got an actor that looks just like Mark Hamill already. His name is Graham Hamilton. I don't know what Disney lab they pulled him out from the cloning tanks, but you got someone who looks just like Mark right there. Is Is that the one that they've used for some of the yeah, 3D yeah, modeling, yeah. that rendering yeah. and stuff? Yeah, the Book of Boba Fett. I'm always, yeah. I'm always posting his face up, and everyone's like, oh, oh that looks just like Mark. That That's not Mark. <laughs> that's not even the deep thing. That's just some guy wherever they found him. Yep. That's one thing I'll thump forever that I see you post a lot of Cairo is I, I am totally down for recasting some of these characters so we can get some of these stories that we want where they don't have to invest thousands and thousands of dollars into millions. the technology, millions, millions of dollars into the yeah. technology to make it look like him. Just recast them. It's okay. And you could create a new star that way. Like yeah. just do it. You, they can't even use the, the worst part of the deep figures. They can't even use it in a large it's so expensive and it takes so much time. And again, they're using pre-existing footage to create right. a new face. So it's so limited to what they can do. So if you go back and watch like the Book of Boba Fett episode, almost every time Luke speaks, the camera has to cut away to a medium shot, a far shot, or a Grogu because you're going to notice, wait, why aren't the lips matching? Why does the face look like that? Mm -hmm. You're so limited in the tech. And even if you can use the tech, it's, it's incredibly expensive. And it's just not the same to a real actor. Like we have Obi Wan Kenobi; he's a different actor. Anakin Skywalker has been played by multiple different actors at this point. Right. Everyone loves Matt Lanter, and he's not—he's not Hayden, and he's not uh, Sebastian Shaw or James Earl Jones. I think it's okay to switch actors when it's age appropriate. You're not someone's not losing a job. Even Mark is like, yeah, you know, I think it's time we get like a young guy. Like, <laughs> I'm kind of 70. I'm a little old for this now. <laughs> kind of 70. I, I will join into that group with you guys as well. I'm all in on that. Um, so there were a couple things that came up recently. Um, th this year is the 25th anniversary, uh, of course, of the Phantom Menace. And um, did you guys see that? I, well, I guess it's also the 25th anniversary of Lego Star Wars. Did you guys see the new sets that came out of the Lego Star Wars? Uh, you know, pretty cool sets, pretty good things. There was an R2 that's really cool. D Doc, I don't know if you have any of that stuff you can pull up. I know you're great at just dropping yeah. stuff in here, but there was there were some good ships. There was an R2. I'm trying to think what else was in the, the sets, but uh Lego you, you guys know I'm not a Lego guy. I, I can't wrap my mind around taking the time to build them. Not like some of you like Brent with the Legion and, and DDoc you with the Legos, but there's some great looking stuff out there on these Star on these uh <laughs> Legos Legos going on. So I'm I'm really pumped for that. I'm glad they're doing something 25th anniversary related. And then um have you guys do you guys remember back and okay, bro, I'm sorry, I don't know how old you are. I've never really think I don't think we've ever asked you that. Um DDoc, you're 32. Yes. Right? Not for okay. long though. I only have two days left of being thirty-two. Oh, it's almost your birthday. Oh my gosh! We, February third. I'm gonna be oh, happy birthday. Man. Thank yeah, you. 
You get Brent and you both with February birthdays. That's awesome. Yeah, and it used to be around the the. It always used to be the Super Bowl could be on my birthday, and because Roger Goodell's a greedy asshole, I, my, the, the Super Bowl will never be on my birthday again. So screw you, Roger Goodell. Sorry, that's <laughs> random. <laughs> um, well, I don't know if you guys remember this. And D-Doc, tell me how you was, really feel there, D Doc. Yeah, yeah. Don't hide your feelings. Um, I just, I just flipped the bird on the screen. That was. I'm, I'm looking for these Lego sets and kind of got angry for a second there. That's all right. There's another thing that that I completely forgot about. I cannot believe that I forgot about this. And know Cairo, the reason I asked about your age is because I'm mostly sure if you, you and D Doc had ever even seen this in 1999 for the Phantom Menace release. That Pepsi did a huge thing, right? Like there was almost every character of the Phantom Menace was on a Pepsi or a Mountain Dew or a Diet. Yeah, Pepsi. no, yeah. I was I was little. I'm uh, 29. I'm 29. I was little okay. when that, but I still remember the lead up to uh, the Phantom Menace because my family we're on the cult side of the Star Wars community. Okay. So, yeah, no, they, they were they indoctrinated all us kids young. <laughs> so, so so I they, didn't even remember this. They did it right. That's right. Um. <laughs> There was a character that Pepsi used, and Doc, if you want, it's called a Marfalump. Okay. M A R F A L U M P, and he lives in Iowa. He's a Star Wars fanatic, and he was the one promoting the Pepsi cans for the Phantom Menace. I completely blacked this out. I mean, it's worse than the droids in the Ewoks cartoons from the eighties, Brent. But I I saw it today. I remember and I, this. And I, Dude, I'm if, telling you, I remember this. Okay, I'll bring him <laughs> up here. Hold on. And Alfie says that was the worst character ever. But I completely blanked it out till I saw it today, and I said we have to talk about the Marfa lump on the show tonight because this was freaky. And I was like, when the hell did this happen? 1999 with the Pepsi cans. Here it is. So. Oh, Cairo, do you remember the Marvel lump? I'm sure in your cult of Star Wars, you probably yeah, remember. No, I remember it. I also remember that weird Jar Jar tongue lollipop thing. Yeah, oh, I yes. know that one. I know that, but I don't know this Marvel lump. I do. I remember it. I remember one of my friends used to, she was a little older than me. She used to tease me about it because it used to scare the piss out of me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look yeah. at this picture. Oh, that, that's not going to oh, work. God, it's like in late night. <laughs> Like there he Cairo. is. Oh, Marvel up. There he is, right there. I want to put it in a blunder. <laughs> oh um, my gosh! Yeah, I I tell you what, man, that I blew thought, me away. I, think I saw him at Canto Bite. <laughs> you know what? He might have been a character there. Uh, I hope they nuke it. That I hope they nuke Canto Bite in the next film. Oh man! See, look at these sets that they're coming out with. These are some good-looking sets. They're very Ooh. nice. And the funniest Who is part that? is that Darth Malgus. Yes. Yep. Oh, yep. Wow. He's a bonus figure, and then that's um fives right there. Which, if you follow uh, <laughs> M and R Productions, people are not happy with the print job on on him right there. Shout out to M and R Productions for Lego. He's one of my favorite channels to follow. Uh, and this is from Falcon Bricks too, which is another great Lego channel to follow. But the funny thing is, is Lego released a two hundred dollar R two last year, mm-hmm. and it's still on the shelves in certain places. And people are seeing this hundred dollar one, and they're like, "Holy crap! Like this thing is awesome!" And yeah, I think Malgus comes with that one. And then you with have R2? yes, yeah, because cool. that's what they did. Um, what the hell is Malgus doing with a clone? I can find him somewhere. 
Darth Malgus was in the the deception with Carpetian. He's in like the mm -hmm. Old Republic. Mm -hmm. What the hell is he doing with R two? No, no, he's with clone sets right there, isn't he? Or is that oh. is that with R two? Well, D Doc mentioned he so, thinks he comes with R R two. Malgus comes with R two. They did this, <clears throat> and I'm gonna try not to bend his cape here. But I have a 20th anniversary Lando right here, and they wow. did this before where it was <clears throat> like the old school style figure and i got this with a random set the, the the these special figures that come with these anniversary sets don't necessarily have to do with with the set at all it's oh so just they're just special... selling it to the collector <clears throat> they're just trying to sell the r2s oh you're only going to be able to get this malgus if you buy this so people are going to spend their 100 bucks on it because they already bought the 200 r2 so they're gonna have to buy the 100 r2 to get the malgus yeah, like here's an example of the modern Lando right here, and then here's mm -hmm. like the newer version of them, and then they have 20th anniversary printed on their back, which I've heard these new ones aren't going to have it. But Lego is, seems to be listening to the fans because there's been people who have been upset about certain sets that they've been releasing lately, and some of them are awesome. I, I wish I was in the Lego because it all looks really cool, but... That'd just be another vice that I don't need and more money going out of, out of the Molinero household. Do it. So. <laughs> do it. Okay, Ro, do you do anything like that? Do you do any toys or hobbies related to Star Wars? Oh, no, I never got into uh, the Lego real merch collecting. I've got a couple <laughs> lightsabers and props here and there, but uh, yeah, no, I could never I could never do it. Nothing against it. I'm just like, wow, <laughs> I don't have the money for all this. <laughs> That's basically it. My that, sister, my sister's big on the Legos now. She loves them. That's why I just let every family member and extend, extended family member know that I'm obsessed with it. And it's like, hey, if you're gonna, you know, get me a birthday gift or whatever, you know, you might as well spend it over here. And if you guys want to team up to get a bigger one, I don't have a problem with that. You know, whatever. So yeah. there we go, rule the galaxy fans. You know, we'll get you D Doc's address. Feel free to send him any Star Wars Legos that you want to for his <laughs> birthday in two days. He's playing chess, not checkers. I mean, I've got the I've got the Disney castle I just built behind us, so we gotta be careful because Bob Iger might be hiding in that shit behind us. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a he's got, he's got a microphone. Yeah. He's got a microphone in every Lego box so he can collect the intel. <laughs> Oh, he's like, know, he's like I've seen that. One. I've seen that YouTube video by Cairo. I, I I gotta listen to what these guys are talking about. <laughs> uh, I, I hope you guys. I hope you guys have a lot of Moltron for this year. I don't. I think you guys forgot what this year is. What is this year? It's twenty twenty four. Yeah, uh, this July, Kathy either retires or she renews her contract, and Bob uh, Iger also has to pick his uh, his successor this year for the company. Well, I was gonna say, isn't he only? He's on his way out at this point. Mandatory. Uh, they only brought him after it's everything. Like six they months or something, right? Yeah, they only brought him back saying, "Okay, you need to pick a successor. You're you're not you're not staying here. You already retired. Find right. a successor, and then you're out." And Right. I have to decide if Kathy wants to say Kathy's seventy something at this point. I, I volunteer if Bob, Bob, I'm here if you need me. I, <laughs> I, I would want to help. Okay, you say that, but do you understand the undertaking of that role? Uh, Joe would kill it. He would do great. I've got the energy of a twelve year old. Brent. This you is know true. That. This is absolutely <laughs> true. I, I will not say that you don't have the energy, but like, what is that like? You're talking like. 
multi-billions and mm -hmm. you're talking like millions of workers it's fake it, it's all it's all made up it's like playing video games but in real life that's all it's you say that now to you wake up and bob is like hey uh do you need a job <laughs> yeah um, they're trying to they're trying to oust him still the investors are still trying to oust him with that um bring tell. back the magic campaign or something along those lines yeah. there's one guy who's trying to get him out some pelts. yeah he's been doing I mean, it for two years I can, now i can kind of understand i mean i actually do understand everyone knows my feelings on bob but just from like a complete unbiased perspective you have this guy he didn't make the did he didn't make Star Wars that easy. He rushed Kathy. He rushed JJ. And then you have how he's handled some of the other brands. Then you have him picking Bob Chapek, then pulling a coup on Bob Chapek. Right. Then you got how he dealt with SAG and the WGA. He's at this point. And you got the Florida fight. Right. You got the Florida government fight right now, too. Yep, you got the whole Florida fight. And it's just like, hey guys, uh, we, we get it, but um, we just want you to make movies and money and mm -hmm. then you then you got the fact that lucasfilm again with bob over bob oversees it lucasfilm hasn't made a film since 2019 outside of indy 5 that lost a lot of money the mcu has been losing hundreds of millions of dollars it's like we, you got a lot of brands under this one guy and they're not turning a profit i can see why they want him out outside of the parks disney has kind of been struggling at the box office think about last year what were the biggest films of 2024 outside Mario. of yeah, Spider-Man, not mm -hmm. Disney. Yeah, outside of Guardians 3, which still, mm -hmm. again, its budget was so high, its box office barely made it back. So at that point, it's like, okay, we need to fix what we're doing here. Yeah, but so, Okairo, I got a question for you, too, and this is just my my soapbox when it comes to movie. The movie industry in and of itself needs to refigure and recalculate how they're doing things because I don't know if it's just that it's – the nerd movies that are failing because that's kind of the nerd nerd culture is kind of losing steam, but it's also the movie industry as a whole. A lot of movies are not doing what everybody expected them to do. Like I'm going to pre COVID, right? Just pre COVID box office versus post COVID box office. I know we're four years from it, but they still haven't figured out because that completely disrupted movie goers habits and the movie industry is still trying to figure out. And I'm, is this true? Do you feel that way too? That the movie industry is still trying to figure out how to get them back into the theaters in the in the quantity that they were prior to the COVID. Uh, yeah, and I, I think that's for a couple of reasons. The streaming wars did movie theaters no favors. When you can just when you're busy, the economy is the way it is, and you're working. Sometimes you don't have the money to go spend about 20 plus dollars for a ticket just for yourself. You want to see an IMAX, you want to bring the family and kids, you're spending even more money. Mm -hmm. But I also, but we also live in a world where Oppenheimer mm. is a rated R biopic about the father of the nuclear bomb almost earning a billion dollars. I just think yeah. the 2010s were ruled by like a couple of different franchises and studios. And I think that time has passed. Yep. We're not in the it's era anymore yeah. where like Marvel, Star Wars, and DC, you know, that's the only thing that would dominate the boxes. No, I think people kind of got tired of the franchises after a couple of bad entries and said, hey, let's get more experimental. Let's check out this movie about a plastic doll in pink with a guy singing. <laughs> okay. Let's see what goes. Let's see. Let's see what watch that. Oh, you have a video game movie about an Italian plumber and his brother? 
let's go see that. There are movies that made either a lot of money or a big splash culturally. And then when you look at the franchise, it's like, well, well, Dial of Destiny didn't do anything. Uh, none of the Marvel movies got really much attention, even Guardians 3, which was loved. It was not in the conversation of, oh, yeah, that you have this is one of the best films of the year. No, like, okay, yeah, if you're a fan of Guardians, you liked it, but mm-hmm. it came and went. DC is uh, DC is a toxic waste of right now. Let's just not talk about the Flash and yeah. all the things they did. Yeah, but yeah, no, people just decided, hey, we're just gonna watch different films. We're gonna watch other films that are not these ones. Maybe their budgets are smaller. Maybe most actually, almost all the best films last year did not match the budgets of DC or Marvel or or Lucasfilm. Their Dial of Destiny was three hundred million dollars. They need to get a billion just to break even. Like, I, I, I will say, you know, I, I've been, I've seen most of the Marvel movies that have come out since, you know, the massive run and, and through the first phase. Um, n- none of them have really blown me away. Um, Guardians three was was pretty good, uh, but but I I am I'm a Deadpool fan and I'm I am kind of Jones in to see what. Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman, and that and that group put together because I, I I liked one, I liked two, so I mean I'm gonna hope that part three is. I think that's gonna good. be good. Ryan Ryan Reynolds is that guy who's like, he's what happens like when a when a fan who is actually talented and passionate gets into a position of power. He knows that if he fucks this up, his yep. ass is grass. Sorry for swearing. He no. knows that it has to be a good film. Same thing with Hugh Jackman. You're not going to go from Logan, one of the best comic movies of all time, to like a bad movie. So he knows a lot is riding on it. I don't think it's going to be a groundbreaking uh, Martin Scorsese, this is cinema movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's you're, you're watching a Deadpool movie. You know what you're getting. It's going right. to be a fun, action-filled movie with these two actors with great chemistry, playing characters that people have wanted to see together again. Since I think 2008, 2009, when Wolverine Origins came out and Ryan Reynolds first appeared as Deadpool, people have been asking for this for well over a decade. It's it's gonna deliver. We're gonna get a nice send off to the Fox characters. The only thing is though, this is it's kind of gonna be like maybe Guardians Three, where it's more of like a send off, a celebration, yeah. and less of a oh yeah, Marvel's back. No, it's like oh Marvel, you did a fun project, but like, are any of you guys really that excited to see Kang Dynasty? Mm-hmm. Do we know what King Dynasty is going to be? No. Do we know who the Avengers are? Besides maybe Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes, do we know who's leading the MCU? Who's our Trinity? Who's our big three? We had yeah. Tony, Thor, and Steve in like the 2010s, and who is leading the 2020s as we're halfway in there? Yeah. yeah. I, I think there's a lot of um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh Disney, no, I. When it comes to Disney, I think they just think <clears throat> whatever we, we have all this stuff, whatever we put out is going to work. And I think I learned that from listening. Brand recognition, yeah, yeah. And I think I learned that from listening to Iger's book, which was written years ago. And and one of the final chapters in his book, I remember they bought Fox Searchlight and they got Hulu and he's, he said he sat there on a board and looked at all their brands. And he said, this is what a media company is supposed to look like. And those purchases are the reason they're losing their ass right now. And they've spread themselves too thin. And what's funny to me is I I was looking at the streaming, um, the streaming numbers for uh, 2023 and believe it or not, 
Moana is the number one streamed movie on all streaming services still. And that movie came out like 10 years ago. And it was a good movie. Don't get me wrong. Moana was great. And you have like Mario and everything there. It's like, so Disney is still technically at t up top, but it's like, they're not doing anything new. Like you've got movies that Illumination makes like the Sing movies, Migration, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like where they're going to make money when they go into theaters. And I don't know what, I, I don't know what it is where they found a way to, just make fun movies that people want to go see and Disney like I don't know if they don't do enough advertising or what like that wish movie kind of flopped which that was supposed to be a big deal because it was a hundred year anniversary and it was kind of also lukewarm like they they had yeah. a lot of cool ideas they had like this uh transforming star boy who's gonna be the love interest the first evil Disney couple like the animation looked a little different and they kind of yeah I, I think it no offense to her. Hey, you made a good amount of bags with Frozen. I think it's time to move away from Jennifer Lee and like try something different. I think that's what's killing Disney, personally, in my opinion. It's still making money, but it, it's not making the same amount of money and it's not as relevant as it was. People are just, we, we get it, you have brand recognition, but the brand isn't what people are interested in anymore. They want Disney to be more creative, take more risks. But there's a reason why, again, I go back to it. Oppenheimer made so much money. Barbie made so much money. Five Nights at Freddy's made money. Mm -hmm. That movie was awful. <laughs> I love it, but it's awful. You know, uh, the the Despicable Me movies and the Minion movies, they, they, they go billions. Making, they, they yeah, go they the making money. And there's a new one coming out. So, I mean, yeah. they, that, they have that, that, that might them that, that, that does, they, they have the niche. They have the niche that people want, but you can't sell your entire company off that one little niche because... Mm -hmm. Again, people get older. People get tired. That, that's kind of the reason Star Wars stopped being as relevant is because, yeah, we get it. You need to also evolve with the times. You need to not forget why people love it, but you also can't forget that if you just give people the same thing, they're not, they'll become desensitized to it. And I think that's what's happened to Disney. People have become desensitized to everything Disney. The live-action remakes aren't making money. The MCU isn't making money. Star Wars hasn't been in theater since 2019, and we're all praying it comes back in one of these uh, six new movies now. Sean Levi, Dave Filoni, Johnny Meadows. Well, yeah, we have about six new movies coming. <laughs> we, let, let's hope two of them get to theaters. Like we, people we are desensitized to that. We've talked about this before, though. It's funny because my wife is completely anti-Disney. She's never been a Disney fan. It's never meant a thing to her. She didn't grow up as a Disney kid. The only thing she really liked about Disney was our kids grew up with that, that run of Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and, you know, Hercules, that kind of run, Hercules, that yeah. just went gangbusters, right? So she was way into that. But we actually went with our son, our daughter-in-law, and our, and our grandchild back in December. And she was blown away. She was like, you know what? Even not being a Disney person, once you get here and you get the feel of what this is all about here, it ropes you in and you want to spend the money. You want to have that feel walking around with the hats on and the shirts on and the, all those kind of things. But so I guess they're still doing something right there because there are such Disney fanatics who will go to that park every day, all year long. Oh, the parks are making a lot of money. If you actually yeah. look at the numbers, the, par the parks make the most money. They make they, more money they, than their entertainment side of Disney. They are keeping Disney afloat with how much money they make in comparison to everything else. Yeah. I, yeah. I just wish they would make the movies... That would go along with that feel. And it feels like for about 25 years, 
Disney did that, right? Like Disney movies in general did that. They roped everybody in from, you know, the Lion King to everything else, all those that, that run, man, you couldn't, you couldn't get a loser in that group. And now okay. it's like, we're missing. So golden age of Disney, right? So the golden age of Disney animation was started with, I believe, Lion King and Little Mermaid. Mm -hmm. Okay. When was the most, when was the good Disney movie before that? Well, that's what I'm saying. It was the 70s. So it went like 20 right. years. There was a gap. Yeah, there, there was, was a lull. Yeah. They Something went. happened. There was a lull. I mean, you yep. even go back like, I mean, if you want to talk Cinderella, Cinderella's like 60s. Snow White is like 50s. Oh, yeah. Um, Like, what do we have? Like the sword in the stone that was like uh, the aristocrats. Yeah. What, I yeah. mean, you name movies in the 80s that just didn't. They tanked. Didn't, Disney yeah, tanked like, at that so time. It, Things are cyclical and they're just, everyone's in, but everybody also, there's more money and there's more people inv investing, but yeah. And they've hit on a, they've hit on a couple bangers over the last couple of years with kids movies, just cause oh, I, yeah, Frozen and all that. Yeah. Frozen was Frozen and Frozen 2 definitely did numbers. Encanto, I really enjoy that movie actually. That's, that's, that's recent. And I think it's a very good movie and tangled is a big one as well like there's there's stuff that they really have hit on but it's like lately it's funny because like we've been putting on the toy story movies here lately and it's like i get to toy story 4 and i watch toy story 4 and i'm just like i don't agree with any of the decisions they made with any of these characters at all yeah i mean <sighs> toy story 4 was too much Mm, so just wait till Toy Story five and six. I know. Yeah. Well, now they're making Toy Story five. So what are they going to say like? Well, what about hey. Avatar? What about Avatar twelve oh. and thirteen? I liked the second Avatar movie. I liked the There's second. There's three and four. Movie. They've already. Oh, okay. They've already... No, no, no. You said twelve. I'm like, wait. wait I was wait, being. Wait. I was being facetious. <laughs> it was. It's kind of like Back to the Future when they were like, "What? Well, Jaws nineteen is in the theaters." Okay. Was... No, but I got scared though because. <laughs> <laughs> Disney did announce a Toy Story five and a Frozen yep. three, a yep. Frozen three and four. We're not, we don't even have three yet. They announced a fourth film. I'm like, Disney, you didn't even make a third one. Why are you announcing a fourth one? Yeah, it's hey, it's you want to talk about some weird stuff though? Beverly Hills Cop four will be on Netflix very soon, and there have been discussions about That's making <laughs> Lethal Weapon five. Which has not been in the theaters for twenty five years, probably. Bill Gibson and Danny Glover. Yeah, I mean, well, what are you they're all do? seeing Top Gun, and they're like, you know, <laughs> another box office, another box office success, Brent. You know, you know, are you gonna bring back Joe Pesci? Oh, <clears throat> here's that? here's the thing: is yeah. I think <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Long, I, know, I, like, I legitimately thought he stopped. I thought like the Irishman was his last film. Oh, I, he might. I don't know. I just. I know he's in those movies with uh, Glover and Gibson. Listen, I'll watch him. I love him. I, I think the audience at this point can just tell when, when, uh, when a director and a company are all in on a movie, and that they that you know that they're trying to put out a good film. And I think that's what happened with Oppenheimer. And I think sometimes people think they can just throw throw uh, crap at the wall and and think it'll stick, and it and, and it just doesn't. And I think Disney's gotten way too into that, um, in, into that mode where they're just like, you know, we can put out whatever we want and people are going to watch it. You know, it's like the, that's why Inside Out 2 is going to be the most, you know, the, the next upcoming animated movie for them. And it's like Pixar used to be the most creative animation studio 
and now they're making a lot of remakes and i don't know i i get passionate about this disney stuff because i follow it on the side on top of like the star wars and stuff i like to know the way that disney functions as a company i like to follow that stuff and uh, and and Iger is, you know, he has the iron uh, hand in all of this. He, he really does, because that's how that's what happened with the Star Wars movies. And he talked about it in his book. So I'm I'm I hope that they can find someone uh, that that understands this stuff and understands the fans. And that's what Nika Futterman reiterated to us about Dave Filoni is like mm-hmm. Filoni's like, yo, like these guys are our fans like, you know, I, I recently saw an interview about with um, Henry Cable where people were talking about toxic fandom. And he was like, well, he's like, I wouldn't use that word toxic fandom. He's like, people are fans of something. You know, he's like, they're the reason we're able to do this stuff. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say they're toxic. I would more so say they're passionate about it. Don't get me wrong. There are toxic fans out there, but I don't know. Oh, yeah, All no. this Disney stuff gets me fired up because I, no, I, I think you're right. There's talk. I, there is toxic people everywhere, though. There's toxic people in <clears throat> fandoms, regards to sports, regards to music. Yep. There is yep. in any form that there is going to be a fandom, there is going to be some form of toxicity. But just on the other, in the same vein, there's people who love it. There's people who are passionately care about it, and that's it. They just love it, and they don't go to that toxic level. I. I do agree that to just pretend that, oh, every single fandom is just this boogeyman of bad people, it does a disservice to the majority who are good. Because let's face it, if everyone was just a toxic asshole who hated everything about everything, nothing would make money. Right. That's just not true. Like, no, no, like, yeah, the prequel trilogy had a backlash, but no, the majority of it, people loved it. That's why if you adjust it for inflation, they're one of them. They had made a lot of money. Yeah, the sequel trilogy has a lot problems with it but there is a group who still love those movies and there's a group who will come back for ray there's there's always going to be fans critics and you should always be a critic because it's only through constructive criticism do things get better and then you have the toxic people and the toxic people that they're toxic to everything that's what makes them toxic I, I always compare it to like a racist or a misogynist. Guess what? You're not going to be a good woman for a misogynist. He's still going to hate you because you're a woman. Same thing with a racist. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I don't hate that black guy. I'm a racist. No, no. He hates them all. That's the way a toxic fan. He's going to be toxic to everything. But they're not the majority. They're just a very vocal minority. And I think without saying names, if people like that should not, we should just leave those people in the past. You don't need to put a spotlight on them. No. Nope. Because if you, if you can't cancel them, you can't shame them because they have no shame. Just move on. Put a spotlight on the good fans. Put a spotlight I, on the people who care. Those should <laughs> get your attention. Don't don't get your attention to that toxic asshole. Give it to the people you know who do care, who are doing great stuff. Give it to them. The problem I, I think that you had in that is the problem with all of society is the vocal ones are the ones that get the nose and get the noise, and they sometimes are the toxic ones, and that's what sucks. Is because not everybody feels that way, but guess what? Their voice is the loudest in the moment, so people listen to it. Sadly, yeah. it is. It is. I actually, Okaro, you hit on the last thing I had on my notes tonight to discuss. Um, uh, Ewan McGregor talking about the prequels. Ewan's been out and about doing some rounds for some interviews, and um, he said one, he'd be fine coming back and doing Obi Wan Kenobi Part Two, but two. He said, I don't think people realize, you know, how hard it was 
after the Phantom Menace got panned, after it got hammered, then you had to get yourself geared up to go make two more over a six year period. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and he was like, that was very hard to do when you felt good about the original, you made it and you're like, okay, we're going to, we got a movie. It's coming out. It gets hit so hard. And then you think I got to do this twice more. I got to do it two more times. Um, so think about if Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all that would have been around when, when Phantom Menace came out. But, you know, I'm glad that we have, a guy like him who said, hey, I, I made my way all the way through it, which maybe Ray, you know, Daisy Ridley's doing right now. Um, and he's come out the other side to where him and Hayden and others are loved and beloved by fans. Now, even though it took some time to get here, uh, those people are really a huge part of Star Wars today. So I thought that was really cool that he came out and talked about that. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think there's one thing when it comes to prequel children we all have to remember is, there was definitely fans that were a problem, but I think we need to remember what George Lucas said about the worst people when it came to the prequels. And that was the media itself. Mm. Because you had for over a decade horrible parodies, articles, anything you can think of taking down George, insulting Hayden as an actor, insulting the visuals. You would see it in movies, shows. And when you look at what happened to the actors, like, Hayden didn't quit acting because people were mean to him. Hayden quit acting because he was basically softly blacklisted from the industry. Producers didn't want to see him. Casting directors weren't casting. Mm -hmm. And same thing with I mean best when he talked about his when he talked about his uh, his suicidal thoughts. One thing he explicitly named was like, yeah, the media was the harshest to me. They insulted everything about me, and I put so much of myself in there. And they were yep. making up stories, and it was this itch just kind of horrible because as much as we can say xyz when it comes to these actors the only people keeping them locked out is sadly the film industry itself kelly marie tran did an open letter to the film industry saying how hard it was to be a vietnamese woman and get leading roles in the industry and most people don't know that she started her acting in college humor in like the mid 2000s she was acting wow. since the mid 2000s you can actually look it up right now a college humor skit with her in it and she was trying for that long and i gotta say the industry really did fail her though because now look at it it's been years since the single trilogy ended and did the industry look at kelly and say yeah you know after everything you've been through you know you're a good actress let's put you into more things like no like the industry didn't do anything with her and that's kind of the important conversation we need to have. We need to celebrate these actors for what they do well, because if we yeah. don't, the industry is not going to do it. They're going to chew them out and spit them out and then say, oh, no, we didn't do that. Hayden's mm -hmm. coming back to acting because the fans loved him. They celebrated him, and that inspired him to try more. And because the industry sees how much Hayden is loved, they're like, Oh, this guy's like, let's get him back into things. <laughs> we might actually, we might uh, get some bucks off some money here from Mr. Hayden Christensen. I mean, think about it. The same thing happened to Mark Hamill. No one would hire him after the Star Wars trilogy because they said, we, we don't want our film. Everybody's going to focus it on, on it being Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Right. The curse he, of Star he, Wars. Yep. And so that's why he went into voice acting and doing things like that because. It was, hey, I can go do this and, and make a career and all that and still be acting and doing things from behind the scenes instead of up on the camera. And 
Again, it was the fans who said, we we miss Mark Hamill. We want him at celebrations. We want him involved with things. And that's where his career turned back around and he started getting involved with more things. So, yeah, crazy. And, and then he became Burt Kreischer's father. Dude, what? <laughs> he was in the movie for with Burt Kreischer. Like, uh, so do you know who Burt Kreischer is? The stand-up comedian that takes his shirt off. Yes. <clears throat> oh yes, yes he okay. was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's yeah. Where, uh, where where with the uh, Russians and everything. Right? Well, so yeah. so he's got a good bit. Like it, he's known for this bit. I actually listened to their podcast and I was, it just made me think about it. He also has he's got a cooking show where he cooks and then he talks and interviews people while he's cooking. He had Mark Hamill on because Hamill played his father in that show, like in the movie adaptation of his stand-up bit. So the whole stand-up bit was he was 22 years old and he gets involved. He robbed a bank and got involved with the Russian mafia, and that's kind of his stand-up bit. His other bit is that he does his shirt with the, he does his whole skit hour and a half show with his shirt off. Yeah, and and he looks like Jason Kelsey. Um, he's, <laughs> he's not a like a man. He is not a, a fit man. But no, so it was more just I was. Mark Hamill did all of that stuff, but like then in that show that I watched him when he was cooking with Mark Hamill and talking to like Hamill's daughter and Hamill's wife because they filmed it over in like Romania or something like that. He made something from when they were on set and they were just talking about like Mark and his career and basically this is where he was, this is how he got to where he was. And I was just making a reference to it. So if you're a Mark Hamill yeah. fan, go check out, I don't even know the name of the movie, it might be The Machine. Um, because that's what he called himself. I think so. I think it's I think the it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is the machine. You were yeah. on that. Well, that that hey, what a great way to end it. Talking about Mark Hamill playing some guy with his shirt off, his father in a movie. There we go. That's that's what we wrapped up with. Um, dude, I, that was my closing stuff. D Doc, Brent, Okaira, I'll go around to you guys. Any closing thoughts for tonight? Any anything to tie up the show with a nice little ribbon here? Thanks again, Okaira, for being a guest. And being back on the show, we love when you're here because you always bring some great points and and some some great points of view uh, that we we really appreciate. Hey, thanks. I love coming. I love coming back to talk to you guys. I would come here more anytime you invite me. I'll show up five minutes late, rambling about some <laughs> inconsistent craziness, and it'll be a blank space for everyone's daughter to enjoy. Uh, <laughs> no. I, 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 I got nothing much. The only thing I have is there's a lot of different Star Wars that's going to be coming. And you know what? As much criticism as I have how Disney runs things, how Star Wars can be, at the end of the day, all I want is Star Wars to be great. I mm -hmm. love being proven wrong. I love when everything goes right. So I hope the new Daisy film, Dave Filoni's film, John Favreau's film, all these different Star Wars films. I hope they're all great. I hope they all happen. I hope we're going back to back to back. And Lucasfilm just cleans up. I want the best for Star Wars. I think that's all any fan wants. That's good. Back that's what we want to hear. Back to back. I like, I like the sound of that. That just <laughs> yeah. kind of fired me up, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Brent, uh, how about you? Anything? I know, like I said, next week we'll be doing trivia together. So uh, anything to close up shop tonight? What are you working on there? So oh. I've been working on the wings to try to, and it's hard to get me to get, I've been hard working on the wings to make them show up, but so this is Poggle the Lesser with a little bit of paint on him. 
Dude, you're killing it on those Geonosians, Brent. Are you, you are. like hitting your? Are you like you hitting your painting stride on those figures? Because the one you sent in our group text is like, yeah. I, I it was I didn't know it, it photographed really well. Um, yeah, I I was not anticipating it being as striking as it turned out in the photograph. Um, but it definitely like you could zoom in and it photographed really well. I kind of fumbled the. I did a little light purple pink, um, so we'll see. I, I did a little. I messed up a little bit on what currently what I'm doing, but um, I I just got to do their weapons, and I'm pretty much done. Love it's it. a great thing about art, Brent. It it you know what mistakes sometimes make it perfect. Yeah. So, so there we go. Trying to get the dry brush to get the wings to pop off. So. D Doc, how about you? Anything to close up shop? Um, number one, if you saw me walk back with my shoe, a massive spider came crawling out from under my desk and it scared the crap out of me. Oh, I thought that was the Millennium Falcon or something. Dude, I freaking, I was like, yo, I, I saw him crawl out and stall for a second. I said, I got to step away for a second and, and make sure this guy's not alive anymore. <laughs> so sorry to that spider. If you're a spider lover, I apologize because that thing That's was right. huge. You uh, number two, we didn't touch on it tonight, but the Starship uh, gathering, I hope they have a good time. The Galactic oh, Starship um, gathering that they're having in a hotel where they're going to pretend that they're in the Disney Galactic Scar Starship that costs so much money that it ate itself alive. I hope they have a good time. Yeah, oh, um, okay. $130 versus $5,000. I, 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 you know what? I shouldn't hate on fellow Star Wars fans. I'm not. I'm not. Be, I, I said I very much sound like a hater, but we had a lot of fun with that. Uh, there's, we there's, did. There's a meetup happening where people are gonna, you know, pay an ode to the Galactic Starship and do stuff themed around whatever shows and stuff went on on that. That left. Oh, I'm a hater to that Star Cruiser. <laughs> I'm a hater to that Star Cruiser. I definitely am. I I cheered when that thing canceled. Same. Uh, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry. I am not positive about that Star Cruiser. That is too much damn money, and I'm sorry. And yeah. Star, and I'm sorry. Respectfully, respectfully, to all the Star Wars fans who got invited for free, I'm gonna drink your tears out of the cup. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, there we go. We're we're drinking in remembrance of the Galactic Star Cruiser. Thank you to Okairo. Thanks to D-Doc. Thanks to Brent and his painting skills while we're doing the show. Alfie, we missed you this week. You and D-Doc will be doing an After Dark show possibly next week. So we'll we'll see how that goes uh, for our, our Star Wars Day, our Star Wars Podcast Day celebration. To all the people that were in the chat tonight, thank you so much for being a part of it. For those who followed along, we appreciate it. We'll have the podcast out soon, but we love doing this live on, on YouTube and other places. So that was chapter 245 of Rule of the Galaxy. And until next week, may the force be with you.